You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. And this is Socks in the Basement with a massive announcement, as promised, on Facebook and Twitter and all your social media spaces. Uh, a lot better than uh, another another entity. Yeah, we, don't worry about that. That was that yeah, was our, our announcement. So much doing an, an announcement themselves. The joke's on them, though. This episode post the moment it turns into Friday. So right. this thing's out at like twelve oh one. A.M. on Friday morning. And I thank know. you for not sleeping right. Thursday night so you can listen to our announcements exactly. right away. Right away, and it's all brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. You heard their ad at the beginning of the show. They're taking care of your gutters. It's not too late to do that. Normally when I do my Christmas lights, that's when I will do my gutters. I'm like hanging the lights, and I'm like, oh, look at all this gunk. And I'm throwing the, the leaves down, and I'm hitting my 13-year-old in the head while he's holding the rest of the lights. And that's kind of what we do. It's a Christmas tradition. Yeah. But you don't have to have that tradition in your house. You can instead make the tradition Family Waterproofing Solutions coming out and cleaning your gutters. It's a new service. I mentioned Socks in the Basement. On any one of their jobs, you get money off. They take care of bowing walls, water coming into the basement, any kind of leakage or seepage or anything like that. Window wells, you name it, they handle it. Their job is to keep water out of your home. It's always a good thing to keep water out of your home, whether or not you have a regular home or a houseboat. FamilyDry.com. I don't think they can do houseboats. FamilyDry.com or give them a call 24-7-708-330-4466. All right. So time. Wait, our big announcement, you're making houseboat jokes? Yeah, time for the Come announcement. On. Here we go. Cheers. Here's the deal. I brought in somebody special, actually two people special. Yeah. And I it's want so big we have to we have to bring in extra I, voices. I want to introduce them because they are part of the announcement. Joining us on the phone right now, Joe Binder uh, from Saxon 35th, and sitting at the nine foot homemade oak bar. You've heard him so many times on this show before. Jordan Lazowski sitting there. How are you, Jordan? Oh, it's fantastic to be uh, in person <laughs> for this. This is fun. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to this. That's one. awesome. And Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Chris. Good, good. Joe is out in uh, Houston right now, and uh, Jordan is sitting here at the Nine Foot Homemade Oak Bar. We've been showing him all the funny pictures and everything, all the memorabilia. And he, as soon as Joe got on the line, he was like, you got to see this place. It's 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 better than what I imagined, which makes me feel good, because sometimes when you finally see something in person, you're disappointed. But he seems to be very... You seem to you enjoy You are this. the Willy Wonka of homemade bar <laughs> <laughs> So here it is, guys, and we're going to break this down for you, and we're going to we're going to talk about it right here, right now. We're also going to talk White Sox today because not only with the whole CBA thing, the inactivity or not enough activity before the CBA it basically expired and lockouts and all this other stuff, we're going to get into all of that today. But first, let's talk about what we're going to be doing here. Sacks in the basement and Sacks on 35th are now forming like Voltron or Wu-Tang, depending on what you would like. <laughs> Wu-Tang. Yeah, we're forming like Wu-Tang, okay? We're the RZA, the Jizza, Old Dirty Basta, Inspect the Deck, Raekwon the Chef, You God, Ghostface Killer, and the M-E-T-H-O-D Man. That's what we are, and we're Socks in the Basement and Socks on 35th, and what we're going to do is replace Socks on 35th's podcast for them, because Joe hates doing podcasts, correct, Joe? I do. I, you know, <laughs> when I... 
I could go on the whole tangent right here. I don't even know where to start. But basically, <laughs> we'll keep it short and sweet. We kind of just started this because the page grew into something we never thought it would, and Jordan likes to talk, so I got stuck into hosting. It mainly turned into me saying five words. Jordan would say about 20 minutes of anything he wanted to, and, it, you know, it just got pretty ugly there. So That's awesome. I'm very happy to give the give the reins to you guys. That's awesome. And uh, we hate uh, doing blogs and writing analysis, and, I mean, I make Ed do it because yeah. Ed's not allowed on the show if he doesn't do it. Right. So... <laughs> <laughs> condition of my condition of my being a co-host right. is like you got to write something every week too. Right. Like, okay, okay, I can do it. I can do it. So I'm going to keep doing it if that's okay. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to join forces essentially. That's what we're going to do. We're going to be the blo- we're going to be the podcast. You guys are going to be uh, the articles and the analysis and 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 all that good stuff. And we're still going to have all the socks on 35th guys on. And we're probably going to have some on that we've never had on before. And I know Jordan's going to be jealous because this is kind of a stomping ground. I think Joe's been on the show once in the last three years, and Jordan's on this show once a month. Are you going to be okay with? with giving up just a little bit access to socks in the basement? You know, we went back and forth for a long time, Joe and I, and uh, I made it very clear that uh, this is my little home away from the home <laughs> of Socks on 35th. So, uh, no, I- I'm I'm more than excited to ha- have this opportunity for not only Joe and I, as-, as we've talked to this, but also for all of our writers who may have not had the opportunity to do some of the podcasting originally since it was so infrequent and it was usually just the four of us who continuously did, did it. We got a big new crew that are really excited about doing some things, and I think this is a great next step for them as well. Well, I'll tell you guys why we wanted to do this, and then you're welcome to say why you wanted to do it, or you can just not tell anybody anything. You could be like, I don't know, I don't know why we're doing this. This is stupid. But but what we wanted to if do. If you got cold feet, you know. Yeah. Just no, no. Contracts contracts have been signed. Yeah. Okay. There's no there's no cold feet anymore. They didn't notice what you put on page six. Okay. So we'll explain that to them later. Well, but, I put it in white ink on white paper. So. <laughs> but here's here's the thing. Like starting at the beginning of this year, we started getting approached from several uh, several podcast networks. Several of them that not only would they want to carry socks in the basement because of the amount of listeners that we bring in. And thank you all of you for listening to this show. I mean, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of downloads in this year alone. And we never expected it to be this big. And I'm going to tell you when the pandemic hit last year and I said, well, the only way we're going to keep our listeners is me sitting around doing fake baseball games with MLB the show. The fact that that actually worked is surprising to me. I might actually be in a coma (laughs) and none of this ever happened. Okay. But somehow it's worked out really well. But we had all these people coming to us. And when they would come to us, one of the things that was always a sticking point, and that's why we never signed on to be part of their network, was we would then be surrounded with a blog or surrounded with articles that were being written. Or, you know, all of a sudden there's going to be other content next to ours. And I never liked it. Like, I would look at it and I'd be like, I don't like that, though. I don't like having that the, that the, that article. I think that's clickbait. I think that that's uninformed. I don't think that person really covers the team. And they're just trying to get you to click on something. And I was complaining to Ed about this. And I kept saying over and over again, like, if I had socks on 35th, then I would do it. And I might have said that about 12, 13 times one day you in a conversation, right? It got to a point where I'm just like, <laughs> okay, let's... Maybe we should talk to them and not Ed anymore because right. he's got a family and a job. <laughs> so I was complaining about it. And so then I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Jordan seems like a nice guy. I'll invite Jordan out for beers. So we go out for beers and we watch one of the wild card games, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. Brought him to a craft brewery. All right. And we sat down. We had a couple of beers. 
And while we were sitting there and we were drinking, I pitched this idea and I'm waiting for Jordan to say, well, you're crazy. Joe loves doing his podcast. There's no way that we're giving up our podcast. And, and like I was, and, and he right away looks at me and he goes, well, this seems like a really good idea because we've had the same discussion on our end. Like it was, that was kind of like, it was like they had, like, I feel like either Joe or Jordan had been saying to the other one, like, you know what we need? Socks in the basement to do our podcast. I mean, how far off am I on that one? No, I, I mean, you're, you're dead on when you look at the landscape of, you know, continuously evaluating for, for us as a page, understanding, you know, what are our strengths and what are our weaknesses? And the constant was, you know, being 18, 19, 20 and growing up and starting this thing, the, the weakness was always the podcasting side of things. You know, it was infrequent. We couldn't do enough. And, and it was like, you know, if, if we had an arm who, you know, had that professional experience, number one, that you both have. And, and number two, did it in a way that draws people in and gets people thinking and brings on good guests to continue those conversations. That's what you're looking for is a little bit of both. We can stay in the blogging space which is our strength, and build on one of our weaknesses by using one of your strengths. It kind of works together as such a good partnership. It was almost like, how does that not make sense? And Joe, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that Ed and I, as being White Sox fans that were children in the 80s and were teenagers in the 90s and are now in our mid-40s and we have gray in our beards, uh, I like the idea that you have a you have a younger group over there, and I, I like the fact that we can get White Sox discussion from different generations, and I think that'll also be a big positive to us wor- uh, working together. Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, our group is, I want to say, primarily on the younger end. I think we have some more older members now since we added some contributors this fall, but a lot of us are kind of in that age range where we're just coming out of college or we have a couple people still in college, and since we were growing up and doing this while we were in school, we kind of got that younger generation on Twitter following us. I think on Facebook, we have some older fans. And uh, now since our page has really been growing over these past few years, we've been seeing a more diverse group. So now being able to bring you an edit board and um, kind of having those conversa- conversations on the podcast on the website and blog form, I think it'll be really interesting and provide a lot of great dialogue for fans that you might not really get at any other page on White Sox Twitter. And one of the great things is now, you know, you, you, you've got access to all the cool places we get to hang out, right? I mean, like when we're at Cork and Carry at the park. Or it, Cork and Carry in Beverly. Or Cork and Carry in Beverly. Look how I'm transitioning into the live read for yeah. the advertiser right there. Okay. <laughs> when you want to go to the Southside tradition, that's Cork and Carry at the park at 33rd in Princeton. When we're doing a pregame, I mean, we've been there for opening weekend now for the last several opening weekends. We were there for the blackout game of all the places the court could have had hosted. They had socks in the basement there. Now it's socks in the basement and socks on 35th with a massive party at the cork. And they've got incredible food. You're going to love meeting Bill, the owner. Once I introduce him to you guys, I mean, I'm sure you're, you might might get a hookup over there every once in a while. I, I don't know. I get a hookup. I mean, I'm, you get a hookup. I get yeah. a hookup. I get okay. But I, you're going to you're going to love meeting the staff over there. You're going to love hanging out at the beautiful bar. You're going to love going over to Cork and Carry Beverly, especially in the off season. They got all the different rooms in there that you can rent out for parties. Maybe we have a, a Saxon 35th and Saxon in the basement party over at the Cork. I mean, there's so many possibilities. And for anybody that wants to stop by there, they're both open. Right now, in fact, I know for a fact, I just saw this on, on social media, they've got some specialty beers. They've got those uh, bourbon barrel ones from uh, Goose Island oh, yeah. that are now available over at their locations. So make sure you get there before they are gone. Cork and Carry 
33rd in Princeton is Cork and Carey at the park. Cork and Carey Beverly is over on Western Avenue at 10614 Southwestern Avenue. Learn more at corkandcarry.com. I want to tell you a story. So the day that we started, we started uh, going back and forth and kind of like throwing this out to people that something was happening on Friday, that we were doing an announcement. And it might have been corny and some of you might have been that was stupid. But on Twitter, it was fun. We started pretending like our announcement was better than yours. And you started saying your announcement was better than ours. And and Joe and I had 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 texted the night before. And I told him, set your Twitter for the announcement, which was the exact same wording. Okay. The first thing that we sent out for 10 a.m. And then I forgot about it. So I'm sitting on a couch and I'm texting back and forth with, uh, and I'm not going to give out who it was because I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that he told me. But I was talking to one of my White Sox insiders, one of my guys who's got somebody and he's talking to me about what's going on with the team. And we're going to get into that in a minute. And I go, uh, I go, uh, I'm talking to him and he goes, hey, do you want me to come on the show on on Friday? And I go, I got something going on. He goes, is that when you're going to announce that you and Sox on 35th are doing something together? And then I look at the clock and it's 1015. I'm like, ah, the tweet's out. I completely forgot about it. And he set me up to try to figure it out. But I had a good time going back and forth with you guys. Whoever came up with the idea of having that clip from the office with the two tweets being handed the creed and then Pam going, they're both the same thing well, that was genius. And I loved it. You know, I, I think Thank it was, a, I'll, I'll take full credit for it. And here I am about to say, you know, it was a joint effort between Joe and I, Joe kind of did the work. I, I kind of gave the start of the idea. I'm, I'm about to give a joint effort. Yeah, no, it wasn't a joint effort, no. Jordan. Yeah. You're, you're out, Jordan. That's awesome. That's, that's absolutely awesome. Uh, but I, I am really excited about the fact that we're going to be doing these things together. I'm really excited about the content that you guys are going to bring. You're going to make us better and uh, hopefully we'll make you better. And, and that's that's really what this is. It's just a, a nice collaborative effort between two things. Uh, we don't own socks on 35th. They don't own socks in the basement. We're still both independent doing our thing, but we're doing it together. Yes. And uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. And the one thing I didn't want to do is like we both write blogs and then quote each other. Or we both do a podcast and just have each other on. So you're listening to the same show under two different names. That was the one thing I didn't want to do. So I'm glad that we were able to get this all set up the way that it's going. I think you guys are excited about it as well. And what I want to do right now is I want to talk a little bit about what's going on with the White Sox. All right. We can or get what's it. Not going or what's on. not going on with the White Sox. White you know, Larry Garcia came back. And and I know that that frightens the hell out of every White Sox fan because they're like, oh, no, Tony got his crutch back. And not only did he get his crutch back, but now we're not going to go out and get a second baseman. We're not going to go out and get a right fielder. I don't believe any of that. I was, though, and I don't know which one of you guys wants to jump in on this. I was slightly concerned about the wording of what Rick Hahn said when he was talking to the media on Wednesday, where he said that this team will be better on opening day than it is now. And that isn't a big promise because it's actually worse than it was at the end of the year. You've subtracted Carlos Rodon. You don't have all the pieces that you had before. You can make the argument Garcia's better than Cesar Hernandez because the money they both got, guess who's out earning who? Liuri got three years and over $5 million a year, and Cesar got $4 million in a year. You know? So, I mean, like, you can, you can make the argument they're not as bad as they were when they ended the season, but they're definitely not better, and they're definitely not the same. They're still behind. There's things to do, Jordan. Yeah, you're at least a starting pitcher down. I think when you look at it and you look at the fact that Rodon's not around and, and Keiko still is a question mark in that rotation, even if you get Kopech in 130, 140 innings, he'll be on some sort of limit. That That's where you see the biggest weakness uh, compared to last year's team. And I think when you look at... Some of the signings that have been done early on, it almost signals kind of what a lot of 
the er- the early signings have looked like, you know, it's teams that were not in the playoffs last year. You haven't seen teams like Houston outside of just re-signing Verlander. You haven't seen the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers may have just gotten Chris Taylor, but you haven't seen those types of big moves from the big competing teams yet. And I, I think it's an aspect of maybe they're just waiting until the CBA is done and they're going to take the guys that are remaining because they, they were never going to go seven years for Marcus Semyon. They were never going to go 10 years for Corey Seager. No, and, and that's the thing is the Rangers and the Mets, they started spending stupid money. And say what you want about Jerry Reinsdorf, but he's never going to do that. And and that's not, I don't think that's a shortcoming on his part because I think the Rangers are going to regret Corey Seager in two years. They're going to regret Marcus Simeon in a couple of years. I think Max Scherzer is not going to live up to being the highest annual value, you know, pitcher in history because he's 37 years old. There's going to be a point where he falls off the cliff. So I'm not really worried about that. And I think to your point, you're right. A lot of the, the playoff teams have just taken care of the in-house stuff, brought guys back. And I do think that Rick can still address things. I just I, I think what's changed, though, for him is in the early part of the offseason where everyone's like, it's very clear what's going to go on here. Kimbrell's going to get traded. That'll fix second base or that'll fix right field. Or, you know, we'll sign a pitcher, we'll spend some money on someone. Some of that money can't be spent anymore because, like, for example, the starting pitching market is now really thin. It's basically bring back Carlos Rodon or you're going down a tier from him and then you are hoping that Michael Kopech fills in and becomes something greater than what, you know, we think he might be able to come. Or that Dallas Keuchel somehow turns it around and goes back to the Dallas Keuchel of either 2020 or the Dallas Keuchel that... Houston wanted to keep before they let him go and nobody wanted to sign him until the Braves took a midseason flyer on him. I'm a little down on Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Joe, let me ask you this then. What about the possibility, though, that when you're heading into the second part of this offseason, when everything is agreed upon, when, uh, you know, the owners are done uh, holding up the uh, the players like uh, bank robbers in a, in some Wild West bank in 1864. I mean, because that's what it feels like is about to happen here. When that's all over and the big boys come back, you're in competition with the big boys. I don't think you can get Carlos Rodon because if you look at Yankees Twitter, that's who they're expecting is being added to the rotation. And the White Sox aren't going to... who's left. Right, and the White Sox, you know, they already said they're not giving that qualifying offer to them, so you'd be shocked if they go out and actually give them that money just flat out now. And the Yankees, I think, are going to give them that money. Yeah, I just don't see the White Sox spending. I know you can say whatever you want. We've seen how the pass goes. They don't spend the money. I don't think you're going to compete with the New York. I've seen the Cubs thrown out with Carlos Rodon. I don't even know if those rumors are true, but you're going to see a ton of teams interested in him for his services, especially with the limited market, like you're saying. And the White Sox to try to compete, they're going to have to overspend, and I don't know. The Jerry's not going to open up the wallet, in my opinion. If we can get one big target, like uh, Michael Conforto in right field, I'll feel better. I don't think that solves all of our issues, but, I mean, it's something at least. Well, one of the things that I've been hearing, and, uh, you know, I've talked to a few people that uh, have better sources than I have within the team, um, but one of the things that I've been hearing is that the Sox' primary focus is going to be trading. They, they, they are going to move Kimbrell. And one of the things that was floated to me is it's still this Kimbrel for Segura thing. I don't think that adding one relief pitcher before everything you know stopped for the Phillies really means that they're not interested in Craig Kimbrel. And they're going to pick up not only a Segura, but maybe a middle infield prospect and possibly a relief pitcher. And that's the package that they're looking for and that they think they're going to end up settling on. And then what you also have is the possibility they'll make a trade for starting pitching. 
And I've heard uh, Sean Manaya out in Oakland, and I've heard Sonny Gray, all right, as, as two possible targets that they feel are realistic that they think they can make a move for. If they're able to do that, and they don't spend a lot of money, because if you think about it, the 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 Segura deal for Kimbrel is going to basically be the same money. You're not going to it's 16 million is what Kimbrel is. Segura's worth 14 next year. However, that is that's just a wash. It doesn't change anything, but it fixes second base. If in a trade they're able to not spend too much, they may have 20 million around to go after Conforto, and that's what I'm starting to think is the plan. My problem is if I've figured out what I think their plan is. Everybody knows what their plan is, including the agents, the other owners, the play. Everybody knows. And if that's the only plan, there's a real chance they fail on it. And what I don't want to hear in in April uh, or May or or March or whatever, at some point in spring, well, we tried. It just didn't work out. And I'm worried they've painted themselves into a corner. Go ahead, Ed. That's here's the other problem with the Kimbrel thing is that it's it's all we're hearing is Kimbrel for Segura. And then they want sweeteners from the Phillies. And if you look at it from the Philly standpoint, and, and I understand you and I had a conversation before we sat down here about whether or not Corey Neville is, is actually a closer or a guy that, that maybe makes it so that they don't have to overpay for Kimbrel. But from the Philly standpoint, if they are going for it and they're trying not to waste Zach Wheeler and they're trying not to waste any more Bryce Harper, trading Segura doesn't make a ton of sense for them. So maybe it is something where Rick is trying to pull better prospects out of them or where Rick maybe has to look outside of the Phillies. And you and I talked about this before too, and look at teams that maybe have starting pitching surplus. And that's where he gets the extra starter is Kimbrel for pitching, or he has to now look at, unfortunately the market for second baseman also got hurt. Now Mark Melanson did everybody a favor by signing with the Diamondbacks to go retire in the desert and never get another save. Is that how you career. pronounce his name? I always thought it was Melancon. It's Melanson. Melanson. Yeah. That's fancy. Isn't it though? <laughs> And now he's gonna be he's gonna be sipping margaritas out in the bullpen in Arizona, not getting save opportunities for a terrible team. <laughs> but he left it open for the Padres, who unfortunately don't have Adam Frazier on their roster anymore. But they they've do. got some nice they've got some nice middle infield prospects. That they've are got C.J. Abrams, who I think they right. really want to put in there, which makes it possible that some of their other other possibilities are there and. They got Mike Clevenger coming back, which means that their starting rotation now maybe has a little bit more depth than it would have. And never, never count out the Mets because they might do anything right now to win <laughs> the, the Mets World could do Series. something completely. And the Rangers, <laughs> frankly, the Rangers could do something impossibly stupid as well. Oh, we're all counting on the Rangers being stupid, yes. Jordan. Jordan, there was uh, an article you just wrote for Sacks on Thirty Fifth. Another reason why we're we're excited to be working with you because we can talk about the article. We can have the author on about the article, and then the discussion that furthers the article is available in an embedded player inside of the article on Sox on 35th. I mean, it's synergy, right? I mean, it's like a big, right now I'm just holding a big circle above my head, Joe. You can't see that, but I just made a circle with my hands, and I become like a CEO of Apple or something like that. I'm like, synergy! We're We're all sprouting third (laughs) eyes and stuff. Exactly. But you wrote this article about uh, guys that were non-tendered and those that might be real possibilities for the White Sox. I take exception to the idea of Chad Cool though, because I think he sucks. But you put him out there. <laughs> but I, I did, I did like for the for the bullpen. I think the White Sox can figure out how to fix the spin rate of uh, Richard Rodriguez. But tell me a little bit about this article and who you think they might go after, because I think the White Sox are going to go dumpster diving a little bit to fill some holes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and I think you, you know when you, you when you think about a classic White Sox team and a classic White Sox budget, the first thing you think is there's probably going to be some 
quote unquote creative moves that are made, and and that's dumpster sort of, diving. And another way of putting it, yes. <laughs> well, maybe it's maybe it's creative contract making, like with Liam right. Hendricks. No matter what you call it, it becomes yeah. Some holes are going to be less big name type moves than others at right. certain points, and that's where the non-tender deadline and some of those moves come in. Nine times out of ten, the most attractive players out of the non-tender deadline are relief pitchers. And if you read the article, I believe three of them are relief pitchers. One's a starter and one's a corner infielder slash middle infielder. So it's like, there's not a lot there, but you start to see, okay, maybe we grab Jason Adam from the Chicago Cubs, who's got great numbers. And if Ethan Katzen can teach him how to throw a pitch called a strike, like then we're good. And if, or, he, if he could keep his ankle from blowing out. Too. Right, right, right. right. Or, or you get a guy like Richard Rodriguez, and you, you know, who was clearly might have been a sticky stuff fan. Obviously a yeah. sticky stuff fan. I, Josh I mean, Donaldson uh, would have so much to say about and, him. And like. I wrote that article, I'm putting it together, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he might have really been a yeah. sticky stuff guy. And, yeah. and that's just something, you know, you're probably working in the off season, and, and you fix that. You know, I get muscle aches all the time. I've gone from being able to do whatever I want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity. Good news, there's a local family-owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives, and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. And now check out the new 2,500 milligram balm with reduced pricing on their classic balms. Right now at creakybone.com. One of the other shows on the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network, because we have multiple shows here, okay? You've joined a family here, okay? And one of the other shows... It's a weird family, but you've joined there, one. We actually have one out of Pittsburgh called Bucks in the Basement because a writer for the Pirates is a friend of mine. And he's like, I want to do something like you're doing. Can I call it Bucks in the Basement? I was like, sure, dude, you're on the network. So anyway, that has been a big... That was a big discussion with Rodriguez back on that on that show before he was moved, and that was something that they, they were like, wow, get him out of here now before somebody figures out that he's doing something. But on the other hand, it's also something that I think the White Sox, they figured out that sticky stuff thing this year. You, you had a crafty pitcher in Lance Lynn and a crafty pitcher in, in Dallas Keuchel that had been around the block. It was like, hey, a little bit of sweat, a little bit of rosin, you can make that same substance. And they, they, they figured that out right away. It might be something the Sox think they can fix. And a quick side story on that uh, sweat and rosin thing. If you watch... And I, like, study White Sox pitchers. It's it's really weird at certain points when I'm at games. If you watch, like, pre-ban and post-ban, guys like Giolito and Cease, how often they would go to the rosin, then go right to their hair, and put. And it's like, you, you could see what they were doing, to right. your point. Right, right. And that's a situation where, hey, maybe Richard Rodriguez comes in and they, and they fix that. Or they take someone who's more raw in a Jason Adam or some of those other guys who have that talent, but don't need to fix it more on the spin rate mechanic side. And you start to piece it together. It's just looking for more appealing options than what's currently there. You, you don't want to run Ryan Burr and Jose Ruiz out there necessarily. No. If you can get higher risk, but also higher reward type guys, that's what non-tender deadlines are for. You can always go back to Jose Ruiz and Ryan Burr if it doesn't work, but it's 
it, it's basically take the chance on it. Yeah. It is what it comes down to. Yeah, and we're going to have this whole other offseason that's going to kick off after the CBA is taken care of. I got to ask a question. I'll start with Joe on this one. What I'm looking at with these two sides, like we've talked about on this show, I was a labor negotiator. I was the head of the union for the Cook County 911 dispatchers, okay, covering all of Cook County for the sheriff's department. And I did two contracts and I sat there with the guys directly from Tom Dart's office and I went through some really crazy meetings. I watched a lawyer one time say, well, we'll just take you to court and we'll we'll just replace all the dispatchers. And the dispatcher said, we'll just walk out. And nobody will answer 911 calls and just crazy threats were thrown around the room. Stupid and lawyers. Like, like all kinds of stuff would happen in these things. And so when I saw that on the last day before uh, the lockout deadline, that they only talked for a couple hours and they left, everybody panicked and said, well, this is going to be forever. I look at it as this was the last stand. You knew the lockout was looming. Nobody was going to start conceding because that would have been a sign of weakness. But what you do is you make your last pitch and you say, this is where we're going to, this is the hill we're going to die on. And there's anger and you go to your car and we're not talking for a week and everything else like that. None of that surprises me. What surprises me though is maybe somebody can explain this to me. The report is that Major League Baseball is saying, and I think free agency is the biggest sticking point in this thing. Major League Baseball wanted 29 and a half. Once you reach that age, you're a free agent no matter what. If you start in Major League Baseball at the age of 20, they got you for nine years. I mean, that's basically what they're saying. But they're also saying if you would have become a free agent at age 32, guess what? You're done at 29 and a half. But now I'm reading that the MLBPA said we want to keep everything in place and then go to 29 and a half and five years with a team in the major leagues or and then 30 and a half and five years. And they had this all mapped out. It's so close. That's why I don't think this is going to last for a couple of months. What do you think, Joe? The fact you're going to a lockout, I really don't think it's going to be too long. I think it'll be, I mean, I can't really predict this thing. It could be a couple of weeks. It could be a month or two, but I don't think it's going to be a prolonged thing that'll really affect too much, in my opinion. It's probably, you know, when they're close on, on certain major issues, sometimes the sticking point then becomes something that's a lot smaller. So, when the two sides are negotiating, they basically have an agreement in place. Okay, this is really this works well for both of us on this big issue. Sometimes it's going to be a smaller issue, something that we're not talking about or that we're not seeing that the players' association is going to dig in on, or that the owners are going to dig in on. And it might be something, for example, like with the idea of the luxury tax, right? And and something that we're not really hearing much about, or the owners aren't making a huge stink about, but the players might interject something there in the negotiations where they're like, yeah, you know what? We see how this would harm us if you did it this way. And the owners be like, yeah, but if we do it this way, you know, and, and that's where, where it can, it can sometimes drag on is that, you know, where there's another issue that pops up that we're not talking about, or just in the minutia where they're sitting there going, yeah, well, 30 and a half and five years, but what if this, and what if that, and you start what ifing yourself into oblivion. So the ideal situation would be that both the owners and the players realize and recognize that the current system had some flaws. This is kind of the framework for how we want to fix it. Let's put something down and give it a shot and we can always revisit it down the road. And yeah, there's going to be a, you know, a group of players that gets potentially screwed or owners are going to get screwed out of a group of players, but at least we'll know. And then in the next CBA, they can come back and they can say, okay, you know, the, the 30 and a half, five years thing didn't work. We're going to go 30 and a half, but we're going to go seven years at that, that right, right. level. Well, you know, here's the thing. And I, there's a point in every one of these negotiations, at least in all the ones that I was involved in, where the lawyers from both sides actually write up the new clause. They'll write up how it's going to be written inside. 
and they come in with their stack and the other lawyer comes in with their stack and now they're like trading cards. And what'll happen is we're close on this. Can we all initial this? Because once you initial it, it's in the contract. Yeah. It becomes a thing where later when you try to back out of it, now there's lawsuits and arbitrators and all kinds of, you could take it to federal court because you're not negotiating, you know, fairly with the other side. So what you try to do is start locking things down. And that may take a little while because somebody's going to sit there and say, well, we want this for free agency. Okay, well, will you guys initial these other two things that we have on our side of the table? And it becomes like literally they're passing them across the table evenly, like they're exchanging hostages. It's really weird, but I've seen it before, and that's what's going to happen. That's that's how lawyers, and I'm speaking from experience, yeah, that's how lawyers you're all jerks. Operate. We are. <laughs> <laughs> we think we know better than everybody else, and we do. So <laughs> that's why I'm here. No. <laughs> But th- but that is that is sometimes that's the best way to do it is for me to sit there if I represent the players and, right well here let's do it the opposite way because Chris you were on the labor side I was on the labor side so Chris represents the players I represent the manager I hate you I know you do <laughs> and I don't like you that much either hate you so much <sighs> sure yeah Jordan George said they're going like maybe this was a mistake no, I'm like I'm like maybe I should have read the fine print on the contract I don't know. <laughs> No, my point is, is that to streamline these negotiations, that's what we do. Because lawyers are, as much as we're jerks, we also speak the same language. And the difference between what I put in and what your lawyer puts in Mm -hmm. may be very, very hard to parse out if you're a player or, or, you know, just a lay person. But as a lawyer, I can understand, okay, you said what I said, you just said it a different way. Oh, and there's all kinds of weird tricks you can do, like may do this and will do this and must do oh, this. may and, like, and shall. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Shall. Oh, God. If you, get some, if you get something signed with shall, it was like written in concrete. Oh, it was that like, is, yeah. That <laughs> is chiseled from the very living earth. Every, every clause that has shall in it was written by Jerry Reinsdorf. All right, listen. <laughs> so as we finish up here again, great announcement. I can't wait to, for this uh, very long and uh, prosperous and just great for the listeners and great for the readers uh, thing that we're doing here, this 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 collaboration with Socks on 35th and Socks in the Basement. I'm, I'm just really excited about it. Uh, as we're talking about contracts, uh, Jordan, you don't know about this, uh, but Joe worked out something here, uh, like, a, like a little addendum with Ed as we were signing things in the 11th hour. And we want to give you a Socks in the Basement hat, okay? And uh, you have to wear this now. Whenever you go and do a podcast interview with somebody else. So anytime you're in like a Twitter space with somebody or anytime that you go and you're, you're on the, with Jason Benetti, you know, whenever, whenever you get yourself your, your, what is that? The socks math thing, right, Jordan? Yeah, when you do yep, socks yep. math, you have to wear it. And so that we could ensure it, right, Joe, uh, we, we decided to give Jordan a choice here. Ed has a staple gun and super glue. You just have to tell us how you want us to attach it's it to your gorilla head. gorilla glue. I thought that was better. <laughs> You know, I was all for it. I'm like, where's the catch? Where's the catch? It's coming. <laughs> it's just glue or staples. You just got to decide. Glue or staples. I told him drywall screws were right off the table. Okay. <laughs> uh, as we were going through this, and for anyone who's listening on Twitter, you know, as they're, as uh, Chris and Chur are going back and forth today, uh, with their Twitter banter, I'm like, I'm right in the middle of this. We picked on Jordan so I much. I just got picked on all right, day. Right, Joe, Joe, wasn't it, isn't it easy, Joe, to pick on Jordan when you do it? I mean, like, that must be one of the reasons you keep him around, right? Oh, it's my favorite pastime. It's the only reason. <laughs> so, uh, I appreciate having him around, and he gives me a little, a little something to have fun with every now and then, so it makes it easy. 
<laughs> oh man, when you sent the thing with the Lego town that he's got on his shelves, and I said something which is like, impressive, by yeah. The way. And when I and when I said it's really nice of you to offer that to a the, the really nice to offer Jordan's way of getting out of being around teenage girls, like. <laughs> When he was a teenager, oh, was a, I think I wrote yeah. it. I think what I wrote is it's really, it's really nice that you offered this thing uh, that was how Jordan avoid girls as as a teenager. I think that's there what I wrote. Yes. That was better. Yeah, I'm 24 now. Be careful. Yeah, you should avoid teenage oh, girls. Yes, you're gonna make us look bad and socks on 35th. You have to give Jordan credit because he did this all to himself. I'm sitting there at my desk at work and I have nothing in front of me. All my white socks memorabilia is back in Pennsylvania before I moved to Texas and. I'm like, Jordan, I need some stuff from around the house that I can throw out there as part of the offer. So that's all him offering me pictures of his Legos. Well, you know what the best thing is? And I'm going to show I'm gonna show Jordan before he leaves my house today is that the shelves, the actual arrangement of the shelves and the wall color in the background is an exact replica of the Lego setup of my 13-year-old boy in his bedroom. And that's what makes it funny. Right. <laughs> Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.